know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to your Monday. Thank you so much for listening and for watching. I'm pretty sure that people wondered if we'd ever make it out of the tunnel. Um, <laughs> we, we did. Yeah, we did. So, we made it. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, welcome to the program. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And J-Mac and Sherry B are on tap helping us navigate the show um, stretching just a little bit further, doing some video. So if you are friends with us on Facebook, you can um, catch the program there. I think you can also catch it on YouTube. Can we catch it on you? Yes, on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> Survey says. <laughs> yes. Anyways, so you can check that all out if you want. If you're content, as I am, to just listen to podcasts, and you can do that too. Mm -hmm. uh, none of that gets compromised. Um, anyways, we want to let you know before we get into the show that we have a date night coming up in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Ooh. Man, we have enjoyed doing these date nights. Yes. They have been so much fun. I really, really have enjoyed them. And so we've got a few more coming up before the end of the year. Um, the next one is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, mm -hmm. at the very fancy Lake Terrace Convention Center. Sounds fancy. I mean, anything with lake in it <laughs> um, is going to be a good time had by all. All right. And that is August the 24th, August the 24th in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So if that's close to you, if that's in driving distance, then you can come and hopefully um, enjoy Hopefully enjoy Yo, an you, evening with the Addisons. Enjoy. They're going to enjoy. I mean, you say that, but you know, uh -huh. you just never know. No, I know. Okay. It's going to be fun. I mean, I trust you. Uh, you're <laughs> you're the one what makes it fun. Well, I'm um, so, that, so but, no, you know, it's true. Um, if if our listeners go to marriagefamilylife.net, that's right. marriagefamilylife.net, then they can um, register there. All mm -hmm. you've got to do is register. It's a free event. Um, and we're going to serve you, um, some light refreshments mm -hmm. or something or something. It's, it's a date night. You'll be it's, fine. A, it's a time for you to come with your husband or with your wife mm -hmm. and, um, and spend some time with us as we make much of marriage. We're always Amen. talking about the attack on marriage and what's going on and how we need to stand against what's happening in the culture, uh, for the glory of God. Keep telling the truth about what God says about marriage. Look, mm -hmm. even when we have missed the mark, we have to keep telling the truth. Yeah. Right. That's, that's why we appreciate sports because these guys can do things that we can't do. It's not fun. Like I'm thinking about you, Will, when uh, JD <laughs> wanted to lower the basketball goal outside <laughs> in the driveway. Yeah. And and you were just kind of like, oh, come on, man. Like, why? Why <laughs> yeah. do you want to do it? You know. Right. And, and he wanted to dunk on it. Mm -hmm. And 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 you're I'm like, like just work on it. Just yeah. just grow. You'll, go. You'll be fine, <laughs> so, man. Don't lower the goal. Don't lower the goal. So Don't anyway, goal. Uh, you know, though we are stumbling in many ways and, and we've missed the mark and everything, but we're doing our best, our best to glorify God and to say what God says about marriage. Amen. Um, this is his institution. He designed it. 
And uh, so this is just an opportunity for us to make much of it. And we hope that you'll join us. We have fun. We play play a little game show. You have an opportunity to win some prizes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we enjoy a meal together. And then Will and I uh, give a brief presentation mm-hmm. and then spend the remaining time taking your questions and um, having a conversation around some of your uh, deeply thought out questions. Yep. You know, like, what's our favorite? No, I'm just kidding. No, deeply thought out <laughs> questions. But anyway, it's fun, and, and we enjoy it. And so you can be a part of it if you're in the Hattiesburg area. It's August the 24th. Uh, registration is open until August 17th. We have to shut it down because we have to send word ahead how many people are going to be there. And um, we do limit the number of people um, because we like it to be a little bit of an intimate setting. Like, we like it to be a little bit fun. Mm-hmm. Um and it's hard to do that when it's when it's too big. So anyway, yeah. um, marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. You can get registered there. It's at Lake Terrace Convention Center in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, August the 24th. Uh, registration uh, deadline is August 17th. So to all of the other Mikas out there, August 16th is when you're going to want to go and visit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can do whatever you want. Um Am I forgetting anything? Is there anything else that, um, that we need to talk about before we uh, jump into something I was thinking about all weekend? Okay. No, no? I no, I think it? I think that that's good. I just want to also encourage people if they haven't yet to check out the AFA store for that uh, two part critical race theory or biblical response to uh, the you know critical race theory. I think it would be a great asset for uh, you personally, you know, mm-hmm. for your church. For your Bible study, this is one of those issues where it can be hard to understand, but make you do, you do a great job of uh, breaking it down in bite-sized pieces Thanks, so people friend. can, yeah, so they can understand what's going on. So you can go to afastore.net to go get that. Well, I appreciate it, and um, I hope that it's a blessing to the body of Christ. I hope that uh, it will be a benefit Mm-hmm. And um, and do exactly what is necessary for all of us to hold the line that it will uh, inform us and equip us. Uh, and then wherever we can and wherever is necessary, that we will be activated. Yeah, that we will speak out. You know, Amen. what we need is we need we need more Christians um, in their local everyday settings, like just in your church, you know, to 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 ask questions when you hear something that does not comport or is not compatible with Scripture. We need everyday believers to ask questions like, mm. you know, why are we saying this and why are we doing this? Um, this is just faithful. Yeah. You know, like you don't need a platform for that. That's, that's just faithful. That should, that should happen. Um, no matter what your name is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Amen. anyways, all right. Um, shall we move on? Yes. Let's go ahead. Okay. So I was thinking over the weekend, a lot about our friend, Anthony, who called in, on Friday and he had this question about fear. Mm. Do you remember that question? Mm -hmm. Like, why does it seem like, (laughs) um, why does it seem like Christians are so afraid? And, you know, and then I don't know if it was a joke or if, if I don't know if it were actually the truth, but he Mm. said that he hears more about sex on AFR than he does anywhere else. (laughs) Friend. I don't know about that, buddy, (laughs) buddy. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's trying Um, to make a point. I think so too, uh, but I yeah. I always want to be generous and just like maybe maybe you know I don't know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's a little bit laughable. Um, but we because and and the reason I laugh at that mm-hmm. is because we live in such a sexualized culture. Like that's that's yeah. the reason I feel like we are forced to talk about it yeah. more than we ever have. Like seriously, 
more than we ever have yeah. because we live in such a sexualized culture where everywhere you look and everything that's going on um, in every facet of our lives with the indoctrination of our children, everything revolves around sex. Like it's the God of this age, right? Yeah. And so that's why that's just a little bit, it's just funny to me. Yeah. So anyway, but I was thinking about his question, like why do Christians fear and, and why does it seem like you guys are so afraid? I'm kind of paraphrasing here. And he says, you know, uh, when the Bible says that we're to fear not, and, uh, and so I gave a response in the moment, you know, um, looking at Jude uh, and, and Jude's warning that we should, we, well, his encouragement that we should warn those and, and, and snatch those back as from like fire mm -hmm. uh, and do so with fear. And so I did like a, a quick kind of response to that. But it's something that kind of kept cycling through my mind all weekend. And, and so because of that, I was praying about it, mm. you know, and I was I was asking the Lord, um, you know, are we afraid? Mm. You know, is there is there some legitimacy to his question? Um, because I think immediately when you hear a question like that, you know, we all kind of want to go into like super Christian mode where we're and myself. Let me say myself. So maybe maybe not all of our listeners, but myself. I go into um, it's like one of those when somebody <laughs> when somebody says, oh, are you, are you scared? You know, it's kind of like a your mama joke. It's like, don't talk about my mom, you know? So it's like, don't yeah. tell me I'm afraid. Right. And so I want to make sure that I weigh my heart and really think about the way we talk about the issues and the way we um, cover some of the current events. Is there fear? And I arrived at a conclusion, at least for myself. And so I'll speak for myself, but I'll, I'll use my position as a basis to hopefully challenge and encourage other listeners. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we'll take listener calls so you can give us some feedback on this conversation uh, near the end of the program. But I came to the conclusion that our friend here was right. Hmm. That, yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking about it. And I was like, man, you know, is there fear uh, when I'm talking about these issues? Because my first reaction is like, you know. I ain't scared. And, um, and, and then I was thinking about it and I was praying about it and I was like, man, you know, um, there is a fear. Hmm. Now guys, y'all know me long enough to know that I'm about to do a flip a room on this, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you know, that there's going to be, there's going to be a flip a room. So there is a fear, but it's not the fear that I think our friend is, is thinking that he's picking up on. Mm -hmm. I think the fear is for the person who is at real risk of eternal destruction. Mm. And, and, and this is something that I just couldn't shake over the weekend. Like I was thinking about, you know, why are we so outraged? Why are we standing up? Why are we speaking out? Why do you see parents um, just like, man, Leviathan mom style protecting their kids? Why, why do we see this? And I think it's because the fear is real, but the fear is not for ourselves. Hmm. And, and the fear is because we live in a culture that has normalized sin and we live in a culture that celebrates rebellion against God. Yeah. So in order for us to really understand, and this is for anybody who would listen in on a Christian conversation and not be a Christian, right? This, so if you're listening and you're not a Christian, I think it's, it's, um, it's in order that we should reset some things, mm -hmm. right? And so I was thinking about that. I was thinking like, okay, so how do we reset and understand what Christians might rightly feel in a culture where rebellion is normalized and even celebrated? In some instances, like what what's the reset? So one, I think the reset is um, we've got to explore what we believe as Christians. So among Christians, we've got to revisit what it is that we believe. If you're not a Christian and you happen to be listening to a Christian talk about what is happening in the culture, some of that can be really strange. Mm. Um, some of it can right. can feel like much ado about nothing. Mm. 
because you don't know what Christians really believe, right? Mm, So I thought in order for us to explore why, when we look at the cultural issues, why there's such an alarm, um, why there's such a strong warning, I thought the best way to do that would be to just kind of like write down some of the things just off the top of my head Mm -hmm. that we believe. And and I was going back even to some of the things that we've taught our kids uh, when we teach them doctrine. Yeah. And we teach them apologetics and we do those things in tandem. Um, But some of the things that we've taught them. So so first of all, we believe that fellowship with God, the creator was broken by mankind's willful disobedience. Mankind as represented by Adam. Mm -hmm. So through this willful, willful uh, disobedience, all men sinned. Yeah. Right. So so fellowship. So relationship with the Lord God, the creator is broken. Right. All right. right. So and, and and let me say this, too. And this is going to be so difficult for some people to digest everything that I'm telling you right now. Fact. All facts. All facts. OK. Not opinion. Not fairy tale. All facts. And, you know, belief in this now spares you. Hmm. But there is a day coming that no matter where you started out, you will believe. You will believe. You, yeah. you will see and you will know. Belief now on the front end yeah. spares you. Yeah. And, and I'll talk about all of that because therein lies the fear that may be coming from a lot of people when they talk about these issues. You talk about the sexualization of children. You talk about handing out things to promote sexual activity among children as young as 8, 9, and 10 years right. old. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a fear, but it's not the fear that people think, Mm. right? You talk about, um, lawmakers and, um, different States across this country now stepping in and saying, you know, we are not going to allow for experimental drugs on children. We're not going to allow for puberty blockers to be uh, administered to children. So the question then becomes like for the States that are not doing that, that are not protecting children, um, are the parents just afraid? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are afraid. Uh, but for the Christian parents, there is a different level. Like there's a, you know, as we say, there's a whole other level of fear. And I hope that by the end of this talk, I hope that by the end of this show, that parents are able to put their finger on exactly what they're afraid of so that we never stop leaning in to get the truth to our children to protect our grandchildren, Mm. to care and to love our friends and neighbors. Because remember, what Christians believe is not a fairy tale. It's not it's not something that we're just like, oh, you'll live better if you if you kind of, you know, give into this. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about it when we get back. Um, Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there.
back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as uh, Kim Walker-Smith, just one touch. All right, so the question is, um, is fear a contradiction? Like, if as a Christian, if if there is fear, um, is there is there sir, some sort of contradiction in the way that we live or what we say about God or what we say about what God expects or requires of us? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer is maybe yes and no. It depends on what type of fear it is. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to really kind of paint a clear picture of what Christians believe and why if when we're communicating about what's happening in the culture today, why, if there appears to be fear, why it's so, Mm. and it's not a fear that there was a distrust in God, right? But there was the right concern that understanding what Christians believe um, and what happens or what awaits those who live in rebellion against God, who have not accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, uh, understanding what awaits them. There is a right fear and a right dread. So if you are compelling people, if you're telling people um, to repent, to turn from their sin, right? But then understanding that you're doing that now in a culture and in a context that normalizes sin and even celebrates sin, um, there is a right fear. There is a right, maybe sobriety is the right word, or maybe a better word is urgency, a mm. right urgency, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Christians believe that fellowship with, the, with God, the creator uh, was broken through sin. Broken through rebellion, Genesis 3, Romans 5. Uh, Christians believe that through Adam all sinned, right? So there's not anyone who comes here um, without (laughs) a deficit, if you will, all right? Or a negative charge to his or her account. Um, Christians believe this. Now, now listen, if again, and I always want to make sure that people understand, if you're not a Christian, this is something that's, that's foreign to you. But as a Christian... This is what we believe. Remember, because we just have the faith. We don't have my faith, your faith, his faith, her faith. We have the faith once and for all delivered to us. So these are the fundamentals. These are the basic things that we have to believe and and call to call ourselves Christians. Mm -hmm. There are people who do it trying to believe other things, but we say that that's heresy and we say that they're not Christians. Okay. So everybody comes, everybody comes dirty. Psalm 51. Romans 5, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. Mm-hmm. Um, sin separates us from God, making us the right objects of God's wrath. Romans 3, Romans 6. The price paid for sin is death. It's a debt that we owe. Guys, this is, I just want, I just like, if it's been a while since you've heard what those Christians believe, yeah. I just want to make sure <laughs> that people understand, right. right? This is what we believe. The outflow of the sin in the human heart is described as being obvious. If you look at Galatians chapter five, yeah, that the outflow of sin in the human heart, because look, the things that we see happening in people's lives, those are the symptoms that indicate sin is present in the human heart. That's what we're dealing with, right? Yeah. Galatians chapter five, verse 19, first Corinthians chapter six, verses nine and 10. Mm-hmm. And then Romans chapter one, So if you put all of that together, what Christians believe, and then again, you look at what's going on in American culture today, where not only, not only are we normalizing rebellion, but we're going a little bit further and we're celebrating rebellion. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and, and then let's go one step even further. We're celebrating rebellion and then we're compelling other people Mm. to affirm it. 
So now remember, the outflow of sin in the human heart are all of these things that we see in culture. You can sum it up, rebellion against God, sexual immorality. All right. People are liars. They are covetous. Yeah. Okay. They are, they are, uh, they are sexually confused yeah. ab- about their identity. And we live in a context now where people are being compelled. They're being forced to agree. And I want you to understand something that for a Christian, this is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. For a Christian, it feels like you are being forced to sign someone's sentence to hell. Come on. Come on. I I just want people to understand that. So so it's very chilling. Yeah. Right. Like it's very chilling to say, oh, just use my pronouns. And then the Christians who are like, we can engage in pronoun hospitality. Okay, what's hospitable about hell? See, I don't think that's realized. I don't think that's real. Like the point that you're making is a great point. And I think our minds have to shift to that is what is actually happening. You know, listen, if um, if people really love their children, Mm -hmm. let me let's let's rewind for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that people who object to the concerns that Christian parents have, the concern that Christian grandparents, aunts and uncles have to um, our modern, postmodern, whatever you want to call it, context of uh, human sexuality, sexual development, all that stuff. Um, I think in the past, what people have said is that, oh, those curmudgeon old Christians, you know, they're afraid that their kids are going to be ostracized in the culture, that their kids are not going to live the kind of life that they lived. So they're trying to suppress um, Mm. their kids' truth, right? Mm -hmm. But can we all just agree that that cannot possibly be the objection anymore. Why? Because to now be transgender or to be homosexual, those things do not exclude you from the American definition of success. Mm. <laughs> we're no, we're no longer up against this. Oh, my kid is not going to live his or her best life now. So what remains is that the Christian must rightly be concerned about the eternal state of his or her child's soul Yeah. must rightly be concerned about the eternal state of their neighbor. I mean, would, would you agree with that? Will? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And you're, you're right in your assessment that this is now to have these viewpoints is now favored, you know, is now rewarded as at one time, you know, and I, and I think it just shows the regression <laughs> of the culture and of the church and of the church, you know, and I, whereas at, at one time, these things that, that you're, you're citing, you know, were not celebrated and it seems to be celebrated on every hand, every, everywhere you look, media, what, even in the church. And I think that's the most egregious thing when we're talking about this is that even in the church, we have been dulled down uh, uh, by these sins, you know, to where now they are, are accepted. You know, I, I, I hesitate to um to even bring it up mm-hmm. because it's not popular to talk about. But I think I have to at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians believe that hell is real. Yes. Christians believe that hell is a real place. Yes. So when you put a Christian in a room and you ask a Christian to affirm or to celebrate what based on the Bible they see as. <laughs> they they read and they understand from scripture that right. celebrating this or living this lifestyle is rebellion against God. Yes. 
and God sentenced that rebellious person to destruction. Yes. Then what you're what you're doing is you're you're really putting a Christian in a position to one either deny their their conscience, like to say, mm -hmm. okay, maybe you know I'll get a kind of get out of jail free card here. I can I can tell this lie, and just sort of like you know secure the approval of man. So, right. so maybe you're doing that. You're you're causing the Christian to compromise his conscience, his or her conscience, right? Or two, just just um just ignore it or revamp it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just just pretend that you get to change what Christians believe because America, listen, our country is not great enough to change God's standards. Oh no. No. We, not at all. I don't I don't I don't care how much we have done. I don't care how much we have achieved or what areas we've succeeded in. Mm. We're not greater than God. Amen. We don't get to change the standards of God and all around the world. And again, if you have a Christianity that only works in American context, yeah. you don't have Christianity. Man, but one one of the things that you're saying, you know, and I, I understand what you're saying. He you said that these would cause Christians to um, have to make these choices. My my thing is for me as a Christian that it should be where we stick straight straight to the the word of God. So those ch choices that would have to be made are already made. Mm -hmm. Like the world does not have to cause me to do anything. Like they can't make they can't you know only when we give in a little bit to the argument that's being made or when we kind of say well. You know, let me look at this in a different way. Do we even have any room to say, you know, there could be any leeway any on these issues? Yeah. But if we stick straight to just what the word of God says, you know, and, and uh, on that we can do no other, then, man, that's, that's, it's airtight. Yeah, but I think the pressure is great, right? Like, that's that's such a great point that you're making. Um, and, and I think, you know, when we look at this, we talk about not needing to take a sidebar. You know, when we're in the crucible, when when um, the attack or the pressure is the hottest yeah. or um, most fierce, not needing to step aside and arrive at a conclusion that we've already arrived at the conclusion because yeah. the conclusion is set for us. Yeah. So really, for the Christian, all we're doing is taking our place on the side of the Lord. Like we're not making our own side and then asking the Lord to come and stand right. with us. That's why sometimes I struggle with like, you know, God is on my side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we, <laughs> right. we kind of make that as not that because we are on his side, he mm. is on our side. Mm -hmm. We have made that like I've taken my position and Lord come stand next to me, wow. which is not anywhere reflected in scripture. See, you see anywhere. That's so that what you have identified is, is I think is one of the main problems that is not already settled in, yeah. in certain minds, you know, because yeah. when it's, when it's like the 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 three Hebrew companions, the you know, yeah. when they're like, we don't have to convene and talk about this, you know, then it's already settled, you know, and I, I think that is the thing maybe we need to address and 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 you know, in the body of Christ, are you settled on these issues? Are you settled on what God is mm -hmm. saying concerning this and that? Are, are we settled on that? Because I think that what what's being shown is there's not. A, a settling on what the word is saying. And so when these arguments come in, it's this pressure comes in. It's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How, how, how do you think we've gotten to the place where we are unsettled? Like how, how has it happened that, mm. and even as I ask this, I kind of have some thoughts about it, but how, how have we gotten to the place 
where um, there is a need to to remind mm-hmm. Christians to get back to what God has already settled. Like, yes. how do we get unsettled or how did we get unsettled? Bit by bit. I think when you give way yeah. in certain, you know, on certain issues and, and begin to, you know, it may seem like small things in the beginning, but they grow until when you, before you know it, when you look around, you're way off the path. Yes. And so I think that has yes. happened, you know, over time. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, um, when... Like in, in, in the families, you know, when we have deviated from certain things, you know, certain instructions that God has given, even when it goes to uh, instructing our kids or even how our church meetings are set up at times when we've gone more to like what's popular in the world and things like that. So now you, you have it to where you get so far off the path of where God has you, you know, you look around, you're like, man, how did, how did we get mm-hmm. here? And I think so bit yeah. by bit in different instances this has happened, you know, it's just over time. Hmm. Man, you know, I'm thinking, even as you say that, that most Christians all should, right? But most can identify the terminology and reject universalism. Like most Christians can identify that term and reject it. Some Christians cannot, but if it, if it were defined for them, they would reject it, right? They wouldn't say, yes. oh, yeah, you know, um, everybody's going to heaven. Like, there's right. no such thing as uh, destruction. Nobody's going to be judged. Like, Bible-believing Christians reject that, okay? Right. There are some who don't know that they need to reject that outright, but if presented with uh, defined terms, they would reject that. That's right. However, however, I think one of the problems is that we would reject that in stated doctrine. We would reject that in written doctrine, but practically speaking, I think a lot of Christians Mm. live as universalists. Mm. They live like, no, God's not really going to judge. Not like, I mean, well, it's my cousin. Mm. It's my cousin. Mm. And, and, and he's such a great person. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I mean, come on, I, I raised her like God knows that, you know, she doesn't really want, yeah. To be here. And those are hard moments. That's that's the rubber meets the road moments. You know, that's Listen, when it's like when our faith is on display, like what what's really in us, you know. And that's the I think that's the scary part. Yeah. That's the scary part. And it's something that's really difficult for Christians to navigate, which is why God spared us having to navigate it. He's already said it. He's already decided <laughs> right. it. Right. So right. so we're not trying to like. Mm, we ne- we need to we need some we're not trying to freshen up documents so, so we cling on to the word of god we cling to the word of god yeah that's that's exactly what we do you know and 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 so so getting back to my original question you mm-hmm. know is fear a contradiction um no when you believe uh the bible mm-hmm. when you believe the word of god when you recognize that over 160 times hell is mentioned in the bible as a real place, Jesus spoke of hell as a real place, that those who have not accepted his sacrifice, then they have to die for their sin. They don't accept that he died for their sin. And this is not just a verbal ascent. This is not just saying, oh yeah, 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 he died. No, this is this is coming out of darkness, coming out of the domain of darkness, coming mm-hmm. into God's kingdom. This is transferring your allegiance from Satan <laughs> To God saying, I will live for God. I will no longer live for myself. This, you know, once we, once we recognize this, right, this is the only way that we spend eternity with God is to accept his sacrifice. 
Without that, mm -hmm. we are condemned. That's right. Truly dead men walking. That's right. This is what Christians believe. We'll grab the break. We'll be right back. Now I don't conform anymore. I don't think the way that I used to. I'm telling you, God came through. I've been renewed. I've been renewed. Telling you, God came through. I've been renewed. I've been renewed. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Sheree Jones Moffitt Renewed. Okay, we can start taking some of your calls. I just, um, look, if you disagree with me, it's it's always totally okay. Um, what about me? No, no, that's never, <laughs> ever, ever okay. Come on, man. Ever. 888-589-8840. Uh, 888-589-8840. Um, uh, Sherry B. will take your calls. 888-589-8840. I just have a couple scriptures that I was thinking about just as, as we were talking about all of this and... and um, you know, thinking about where we stand in the culture and whether or not there's fear. And, and I, I'm telling you, it's been cycling through my mind all weekend. Mm. And I was asking the Lord, you know, um, I, I want to tell the truth when yeah. I'm asked questions. Oh, yeah. and, and, and I kept coming back to the feeling of like, man, I, I, I do feel afraid. But not for myself, mm. like not, you know, not in a sense of like, oh, my goodness, you know, somebody somebody's coming to get me. I feel afraid when I think about what awaits those who have rejected the grace of God. Mm. I feel afraid for them. I feel afraid to think that um, we live in a culture where our children are being enticed mm -hmm. and kind of dragged away. Um, and what awaits them having been dragged away, what awaits them is destruction. I, I feel afraid. Yeah. Like, I mean, who would want that to befall someone. Now, now, see, what you're talking about, I think, is appropriate. But I think what some people hear when they hear some of this stuff is that you're just afraid that you're going to lose your country. Or you just, you know, it, it, some, I think to some people it don't translate as, like, a spiritual, like, thing. It's like, oh, you're, just your way of living is going to be messed up. So you, you're afraid that people are not advancing, that, that you, you know— so I, I think that's sometimes what people hear, but what you're communicating is a great response. You know, it's interesting because if what you said, if that were the fear, you could alleviate that fear by just giving in. Hmm. You could just give in. Like you could, you didn't, if, if all of, you know, there's a, there's a part in the, um, in the Mary Poppins movie, the reboot, Mm -hmm. um, the second Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins Returns, I guess is the name of it or the title of it. And um, and there's a part in that where they go to see her cousin who on every second Wednesday. That Meryl Streep? Yes. Character? Well, yeah, you don't have to. Like, yeah, I'm oh, not okay. endorsing her. Well, I'm not, she's, not either. I'm just saying she played the part. The part, the part. Okay, <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but she's she says something about when the world is turning upside down, you turn right upside down with it. And so they go in her house and her whole house is like upside down. It's ridiculous, right? But and and I try to keep it to myself because the kids say I I can ruin a movie in Man, a second. Man, but that's I mean that's by looking at the spiritual implications yes, of the lines. You need to look at that. <laughs> so I'm like, you see, that's what they want you to do. Uh -huh. They the world upside is turning upside down, down and, and they out. want you to turn right upside down with it. Mm -hmm. And and so the the problem that we as Christians have is that we don't have that as an option. 
And why don't we have that as an option? Because our mission is not just to save our country. Our mission, in fact, our mission is not chiefly to save our country. Our mission is that people would be saved. Yes. Right. Yes. So so you're trying to spare your children. Yes. And then in the meantime, you're talking about eternity. But in the meantime, there are real time consequences for the lifestyles that are celebrated in our culture today, normalized in our culture today. And so the thought that that a kid can be celebrated into grief upon grief and sorrow upon sorrow is just unthinkable. Mm. It's it's like, it, it truly is like unimaginable, Yeah, you know? So I guess the bottom line, um, the, the point that I'm making is yes, there, there is fear, but it's not the fear that I think is the traditional fear or the fear that contradicts the belief and the hope in the Lord. It's the fear for what awaits a person who has rejected and trampled mm. on the mercy and the grace of God. Amen. Amen. All right. Will the great, yes. where do we go? Man, you know, we're talking about movies. Well, our first caller is Dorothy from Kansas. Hi, <laughs> Hi Dorothy. She's Hi. like, hey, hello. <laughs> I can't believe I got through. I listen to you guys all the time. I have never got through. Wow. Oh, well, thank well, you thank for you. calling, Dorothy. Yeah, and I have a cat named Toto, so. <laughs> really? Really? I really do. Oh, wow. I really do. <laughs> Go ahead, so Dorothy. I was, I was um, thinking about, you guys were talking about how we're supposed to, we're being forced to go along with all of these things that we know are wrong. Mm-hmm. And I found a verse that kind of woke me up a little bit. It's like, wait a minute, forced or not, mm-hmm. we're putting ourselves in jeopardy too. It's Romans one thirty two, mm-hmm. and it says, who knowing the righteousness of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also those who approve mm. of those who practice them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we even passive approval, we're putting ourselves in danger. Yeah. 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 Dorothy, you are spot on, man. man. We did a show on this and the title of the show was Approval of Sin is Sin. Come on. And, and we tell <laughs> our kids this all the time. This is why we don't use people's pronouns. Mm-hmm. This is why we don't go along with people's lifestyles and endorse and celebrate and affirm. This is why we don't become allies because the Bible is very clear on that. And as soon as you said 132, I knew exactly where you were going. Approval of sin is sin. Mm. And so so why? Why why would we resist doing that? One, because it would be rebellion of our own mm-hmm. against God, right? Mm-hmm. You are then now an active participant. And and I would say that approval of sin um, is not passive. Mm. That is active rebellion against God. And, and, and why? Because the Bible clearly lays it out as the case that God makes against humanity. That's right. To approve of sin is sin. Dorothy, yeah. you, you are right on it. You're yeah. right on it. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Randy in Oklahoma. Hi, Randy. Hey, Will the great. How's it going, brother? Great, great. I just uh, wanted to call the, I feel like uh, the bond of marriage is under attack. Mm. Uh, seeking some counsel from you guys. Uh, had several close. Hello, Rand? Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, you had cut out for a second. Go ahead. 
Okay, I got two different couples seeking counsel from me and my wife. Mm. Uh, just recently, one of them been married five years, the other one twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them spouses just came to them overnight, telling them that they don't love them no more, mm. and that they had never been in love with them and didn't see no reason in staying with them. And mm. I just feel like the devil's in full force on marriage attack on marriage today. Yeah, yeah. No, Randy, you are correct, you know, and the enemy is very deceiving. You know, those are lies that are being told to those, you know, spouses in those couples. And the thing about being a Christian and being uh, married is that there is those things don't don't fly under God's covenant, like feelings only just because I feel I don't feel this way anymore. You know, and I think that's why before marriage, there, there should be some real uh, strong counseling, you know, of what you are entering into. Like, it's not just a promise or just, you know, a f- man, this is a covenant. And I think once we get from the from the onset, if we get like uh, the proper estimation of what we're getting into, it, we I, I think some people would some people would avoid it and say, well, maybe I'm not ready for that yet. But some people, when they when they hear it, they'll be like, "Okay, I'm ready for that," and I and I think uh, they will will stick to it. But man, it's sad what what uh, Randy was saying because that that's exactly what's going on. The enemy is speaking lies, uh, not not only just to people but to Christian couples and saying you don't feel this way anymore, and so you need to leave. But man, we have to go with God's design for marriage and family and say, no, this is not a reason you that's know right. to leave, a, a reason for divorce. And, and we should stand up against that. And I'm going to tell you what we really need are more people um, like yourself, Randy, uh, who are who fear God, yeah. who will lovingly mm-hmm. be in the face of other Christians who are saying, no, I'm just I just don't I feel no. anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and I'm using that because that's the example that Randy used. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, um, just personally speaking, both Will and I have. um accepted the honor to stand in weddings that those weddings ended in divorce. Yeah. But I will tell you without even batting an eye, we saw it as our responsibility to get in the face of those couples Yeah. and to say, you asked us to stand in your wedding. That's right. You made a vow before God. You asked us to stand as a witness. And now you would exclude us from your decision to break that covenant. Mm-hmm. No, I have to hold you accountable. Now, listen, you can't force anybody to do anything. But I think the accountability aspect of the body of Christ's life that we're supposed to be living, I think really that it has been rejected because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it takes a lot. And so really, you've got even now, I would say to anybody, look, if somebody's asking you to stand in their wedding, I mean, you don't just see that as an opportunity to buy a nice gown or, (laughs) you know, or or to get a nice fancy meal. You know, that that is I take that very seriously. Yeah. So if you go into that ahead of time, somebody's asking you to stand in their wedding, you ask them, what does that mean to you? Mm. Because I'm telling you, this means that I hold your feet to the fire when it gets rough. This means that I, I am agreeing with God. I am agreeing with you before God that this is a covenant that you're entering into. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of conversations parents should be having these conversations with their kids. Amen. Amen. You don't just tell your kid, well, you know, you're of a certain age. You probably should be getting married now. We have made marriage, we have defined marriage by a, um, a secular mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. Through, we see it through a very secular lens. 
And we've suffered the consequences of that. All right, Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Jackie in West Virginia. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Will. Hello. Uh, and your wife. I can't. I'm nervous. I'm sorry. Miki. That's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I love you so much. You are so special, and keep it up. We really need it. I was originally born Baptist. I live in a small town. Uh, my mom and dad were married for 55 years. They passed two years apart. Mm. Um. I have gradually seen just uh, just the change, and I went to a Pres- USA Presbyterian church, and they got a gay minister. They wanted us to sign an oath, and I stood up to the, the deacons and the church and people and told them about marriage and Genesis and all in the Bible, and they told me, oh, that's just old stuff. That's, we don't mm. have to believe in that anymore. I stood up and told him. I even wrote a letter, and after we left the church, they would not even speak to us anymore. Wow. We got dirty looks. And then I went to another church, and um, the the minister turned out to have a affair in the pulpit, and we stood up against that, too. Mm. God led me to a Catholic church. This has been so beautiful. Uh, but he sent me to wake them up, too. I say when prayer, I open and I say things, and I've had people walk up to me and say, Jackie, there is something special about you and your husband. You know, we've been married 27 years this coming May, and uh, I just want to say that my great-niece come out just this last week of being a, a boy. She cut all her hair off. And she is in a boy's shirt, and I'm scared that they're going to, she's going to have a sex change because they said they're going to try to do this freeze as a government. We are under attack spiritually with our children and our marriage. Please pray. Mm -hmm. Uh, God told me in 2013 by a voice in my ear, he said, look up. And then I had a dream. And he said, I said, what does look up mean? I was trying to figure it out. I looked all over the Bible. And he said, I'm not exaggerating this. He said, Jackie, it's easy. Look up. I'm coming soon. I don't profess that I know what date or time mm-hmm. he's coming. But I just wanted to say that. God bless you. I don't want to hold you all up. Well, thank you, you, Jackie. Jackie. I appreciate your call. It looks like probably that's going to be the last call that we get to. I will just say, um, Jackie, as long as you understand that we are saved by grace through faith, Mm -hmm. and as long as you understand that it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, it is you cannot work your way and earn your way to heaven. There is is no way that that any person can can mediate for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was only one. His name is Jesus. Amen. And, and, and as, you know, and um, my mind is kind of surveying all of the things that you've said here. Um, going back to the Presbyterian church that you left, they've got bigger problems. Um, well, all the problems probably are on the <laughs> same level. But when somebody is dismissive and says, oh, that's just Old Testament. Well, they don't believe that all scripture is breathed out by God. That's right. So that's a problem in the New Testament. Okay, that they have that is reflected in that type of ignorance to say nothing of the fact that Jesus Christ went back 
to the creation account to root and anchor talking about marriage. The apostle Paul did the same thing in his letter to the Ephesians. Um, listen, we have got to hold the line in scripture. We've got to go to the word of God as our final authority. Um, the Lord will, will not speak anything to us that, uh, is not confirmed by scripture that is not in his word. Um, there's a little bit more I could say about that. All right. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.